Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. As a matter of fact, that's why we called it the climb, creating leverage in the music business, C-L-I-M-B. See, you're going to need it. You're going to need leverage to get your deal. They're not going to sign you because you got amazing talent, you got amazing songs, and you're the most awesome performer on the face of the planet that makes Axl Rose or David Lee Roth or one of those kinds of guys look like they don't know what they're doing. It won't matter. You need to have an audience. you got to have cash flow. That means leverage so that you can work your way into getting that deal. They're going to buy a small business. That's what you're going to find out on this podcast here. So uh, that the acronym was put together by a wordsmith, a genius, a, a master. His name is Brent Baxter. He's the co-host and also a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And the coolest thing about him is he helps you, the songwriter, turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent really easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound, and they help you grow your audience. So you can become the artist that everybody loves, and so you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing all right. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you on Facebook much today as of this recording. Um, anything anything going on there? That maybe, uh, I was, it's really odd in the whole uh, Daredevil or the uh, the climb community. Not been nothing very visible, John. Um, anything, anything going on there that we should know about? <clears throat> well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I was unfairly accused of something. I, I really am clueless as to what it is, but I... I posted three pictures in the climb community. Whoa, whoa, family show. And they were awesome pictures. Okay, one family was, show. and this is, this is like, because I, I want to post them so y'all can see them, but one was a picture from 1976 of Paul and Linda McCartney, along with David Gilmore, in like t-shirts and stuff, at a Stones concert, and just from the angle, it looks like they're in the freaking crowd. Like, they're just hanging out with everybody else, waiting for the Stones to come on. It was really interesting, right? And then another picture was a picture from 1993 of black and white of Bono and Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra's like, uh, lighting a cigarette, right? So he's got, he's cupped around, his hands are cupped around the end of the cigarette where the flame is light, and it just looks like badass, you know? And then the third one is my favorite, from 1959, it's a picture of Waylon Jennings and Buddy Holly in a New York photo booth, dude. Like, just like goofing off in a photo booth together. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so, I've never seen that image. I was like, holy cow, you guys are going to love this. Yeah. So I post that and I get a message saying that somehow they think I might be breaking the rules of the community. And I'm like, hold on, it's my community. Whose rules? Like, I'm the one that. Uh, you know, after all this talk, we're talking about ushering people to the door, and I get busted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
they put you in Facebook prison for what they said six days while they check six on it. days yeah like and 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 i you know it asks you if you think it's a mistake i'm like i think it's a mistake they don't take uh, any um other information from you and uh you're just telling me we just found out tonight when we're um work on this podcast that you can't see those pictures i can still see them in my feed on the climb community feed yeah i, I, I can see, see what i posted but you can't see any of them so that's that's interesting mm-hmm. um I don't know. I, I honestly, God, I don't know what happened. But you know what? Here's the lesson. Uh, and by the way, I appreciate all the support out there because I, I I can read the feed so I can see all the stuff you're saying. And there's a couple of times where I I forget that I'm in the feed because I can post on my personal page. I can post on Daredevil Production page and all my artist pages, but I can't post in the Climb community or any other community. I can't post in um, in yours. I can't post in. Wades, I can't post anybody's, and mm-hmm. uh, I so I, I forget that I'm in there, and I'm like I was going to respond to some stuff, and it keeps telling me like, no, you're still in jail, back, <laughs> back in the basement, go go get the step chains. away <laughs> from the keyboard. That's right. So <clears throat> kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be the social media guru. I don't know. I don't know what the heck happened. It's the most <laughs> random, crazy thing. And uh, but hey, guess what? What if that was like right before? a CD launch and you're the artist and and they just because there's no reason that I can think of to because I, I, I th- those pictures are from <clears throat> a community called um, on Facebook called um, is it Classic Rock Classic pictures? Rock in Picks that's the community Classic Rock in I-N Picks P-I-C-S and they've got some killer images there that are just like fascinating, you know. I stumble across this stuff every day in my line of work, and sometimes I go down a rabbit hole. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, look at this! Oh my gosh, look at this! Oh my gosh, look at this!" <laughs> and and so I sh- I just shared them from there. That's all I did. And uh, boom, like no, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. So you know what you said earlier, like, hey, hey, you know, you've been whatever. You might have broken the rules of the community. You're like, hey, whose community is this? It's my community. Yeah. No, Johnny. Yeah. It is not your community. Not my, it's Facebook's community. At the it end is of the day. Facebook's community. That's exactly and right. And it is reminded you. That's exactly right. So, so you know what, guys? you got to own the information. I mean, we've got an episode yeah. on that. I recommend you go back and listen to it. Um, yeah, I the have, lesson here is that's why you don't want to build your house on rented land. You don't want to build your house on land that you don't own. If, if Facebook is the only way that you have to communicate or Instagram or Twitter is the only way that you're communicating and can reach your fans. What happens if you share uh, a cursed Paul McCartney pick and all of a sudden they <laughs> shut you down because they're like, no, the real Paul is dead. He died in whatever, you know, the conspiracy thing. And they shut you down. Yeah. And now you can't reach your people. You need to have the email addresses. It's insane. And, and um, I just, this thought just came to me. What if, you didn't have access to the client community because, like, maybe I'm the only host on the podcast or something. Mm-hmm. Then oh, nobody yeah. would know what the hell's going on, and it would right. seem like for six days, like I just didn't give a crap and I wasn't engaging with anybody. And how much like momentum, energy, interaction would I lose in those mm-hmm. six days if I didn't have you to come in and say, "Here's what happened," and people had an answer as to why I'm going to be absent for I don't know how long. You know, I they, they told right. me six days, like, and I, I hope it's less than that. I hope they're figured out. And they're like, this is stupid. Like, just let, let the boy back in. Right. 
You don't the know. Boy so. just wants to rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I just want to rock. Just and let roll. Johnny rock and roll. Just want to share some some images, man. Like good good images, like killer, like compelling images. I know. For once, you weren't up to anything bad. Yeah. And then then they catch you. Exactly. It's the only yeah. time that I really wasn't up to something nefarious. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so this episode, guys, we're going to get into a very topical subject right now. Um, wrote a blog on it. I want to share it on the podcast. Um, Cash Me Outside, girl. The record deal from Atlantic Records. Um, if you're not aware of this and you've been living under a rock for the, the last two weeks, um, this 14-year-old girl who talks like she's from the ghetto, okay, um, and and just sounds thuggish, extremely unintelligent. Um, I don't know what other terms I could use to kind of describe her, but she was on a Dr. Phil episode. That and, is pretty much all the description we need yeah, to write. Yeah, there you go. So it's only because Jerry Springer was not available. That's right. So, I mean, there was a part of me that wondered because of that, because I, on that note, like Jerry Springer, like I've had a couple friends that I used to play when we played the Milwaukee circuit uh, in the band. That That's when Jerry Springer was happening back then. And they were on Jerry Springer like two or three different times playing two or three different people. That was a scripted <laughs> kind of reality show, right? It was all, all right. BS. And, uh, but this girl's 14, like, and she's mm-hmm. selling it, man. Like, I think she's really that stupid. Um, and she was on there as what, like, a bad kid? It was her and her mom. She's a bad kid, right? And so her mom's like, you see, Dr. Phil, this is all mouth right here. And so she's like, what? All mouth? Cash me outside. How about that? And, and like, what? And Ca- I'm, cash I'm me just thinking, How about do that? I have a cash register? Yeah. Do I owe you money? <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, her I'm mom's old. like, what that mean? Because Dr. Phil's looking at her like, I don't even... Like, what language is he speaking? I, I speak Texan. I'm Dr. Phil, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so... Uh, Cash me out. Yeah. He's looking at her like, what? what? And her mom's like, no. That means, like, you're going to go outside. She's going to do what she has to do to to, to that. And so then she she goes and she, like, basically threatens to beat up her mom. And Dr. Phil's got to tell her to sit down. And it just... Because it was so crazy, right? Like, there's a million... We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But there's a million, like, things that went <laughs> through my mind. Like, with the mom, with the daughter. Like, are you kidding me? Like... Yeah. Like uh, my dad was a marine. That crap didn't happen in my household, man. <laughs> yeah, right. if it happened, it happened once. It was at a young age, and I learned like, okay, right, God, yeah. this is not okay. <laughs> but um, after that episode, that clip goes viral, mm-hmm. and then she gets a record deal on Atlantic, and she's got songs that are dropping, and uh, she's been hanging out with lots of stars, and all of a sudden. You know, so so the reaction in the artist community is what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was some of the stuff you saw, Brent? And I'm going to tell you what I saw. Uh, as far as the news or the reaction to the news? The reaction to the news. The reaction to the news is basically, uh, you know, I'm mostly just negative from artists going, how in the world did this junk get a record deal and real artists can't? Yeah. Like, that's the death of the music business. What the heck is going on? They Atlantic is sold out. All they care about is money. This is ridiculous. This is not about art. That kind of stuff. That's exactly it. So that's, and everybody's, you know, they're feeling jealous. They're feeling entitled. Um, you know, that should be me, not for you, as if she took the last record deal that was available and it should have been yours, but it's now it's hers. Right. And so here's my response to that. Like, this, this in my opinion, I, I see this as a 
is a positive. Like it's as crazy as that sounds. Like, do I think mm-hmm. that this girl has anything that's that I would consider listening to? No, I don't like her art, if you want to call it art. You can call it whatever you want to call it. I don't like this car wreck, this train wreck, whatever it is right. people wants to see. I, I think she's a moron. I have like zero respect for this girl. Like nothing. Like I just she can't speak intelligently and I just think you're an idiot. You know what I mean? Right. And um uh there, there's and clearly, you know, in the I mean her first single's called Those Hoes or something like that. Yeah. Oh, and she goes by the name Bad Baby. Bad Baby. With, yeah, that's her with name. H's. So, yeah. to me, uh, what, here's what happened. Like, so, so let's address like because I think you nailed all the points I want to talk about right in that one response <laughs> that you get. But first of all, like the regular, the Atlantic's just all about the money now. They don't care about blah, blah, blah. they've always always been about money. It's always been a business, mm-hmm. right? But the business used to be structured in such a way, and they used to make the kind of money that would afford them the ability to be a little bit more invested in the art, mm-hmm. not just the business, because they would go out and they would find young guys like Bruce Springsteen in 1973 and give them a deal. And his first record would come out and it would bomb and it would lose a lot of money, but the critics liked it. And his second record would come out and that really didn't do very well, but it did better than the first record and they would lose a lot of money. And then they saw that Bruce was getting it together and then Born to Run comes out and then he's off to the races, right? Mm-hmm. And they would go sign John Bon Jovi. Uh, same thing, right? First record comes out. It went gold. It didn't do bad, but it didn't make their money back. They were in the hole. Like most bands are in the hole after the first mm-hmm. record. Uh, like 99.9% of artists are in the hole after the first record, right? Yeah. Uh, not everybody was Guns N' Roses or Alanis Morissette. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then, uh, or, or Def Leppard, same reason. I mean, there's the, I can go on and on and on. Like with just about any artist. Like it, it, they took... The time to develop the artist because <clears throat> they could afford to do that. They were getting the 2017 equivalent of in distribution. Remember, they're selling to distribution. So we were buying records back in the 70s and the 80s for the 2017 equivalent of around 30 bucks a record. Mm-hmm. If you include inflationary, what the inflationary calculator, you know, how much money is devalued. Yeah. Right? Um, but record labels would be selling that for half price to the, to, the record stores to Musicland mm-hmm. to Tower Records to your local record store in your town whenever you're growing up whatever so that's like 16 million bucks a record gross that they're getting and you sell a million records 16 million dollars not bad not bad right so you know you could break even on a platinum record you know or you could make some money on a platinum record but um, you're losing money on a couple hundred thousand in sales when it's taken two, three, four, five million dollars to, to really push a band if you go you know two, three singles in Right, mm-hmm. uh, because all that radio push and everything's costing money. The tour, blah blah blah. Especially on a new artist, when you're paying to get on the tours, you're you're having to float the bus, the playing costs, the musician, everything. You know, everybody's on salary. Like it's just costing a fortune for that first record, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no cash coming. So it's always it's always been about the money for them, but they were more involved in the art in the old music business because they could afford to be. But now they're not. Mm-hmm. Now they're not. So you thinking that you're going to make a demo with your amazing art and your amazing voice, and maybe you've got a great stage show, and uh, and that you, they're going to sign you based on your talent is the same as you going to IHOP and being pissed off that they didn't change your oil while you're eating your pancakes. You know, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but that's that's been going on for this isn't new. That's been going on for over 15 years. 
mm-hmm. that you know very very few artists have been signed on their talent alone and um, a bunch of those artists you've never even heard about because they were shelved why because they didn't have an audience so <clears throat> if somebody with this those hoes with this little amount of talent can can get a record deal and get the kind of push that she's going to get and be treated like a rock star, which I think is what half the people want anyway, right? They just want to pretend mm-hmm. like they're rock stars. Um, just because they have an audience, then imagine if you just absorbed the fact that you need an audience and that when you get an audience big enough, you too can get a record deal, but your art would be different. <laughs> right. right. And that's the thing. It, it wasn't... Let's talk about the the audience because it wasn't just that Bad Baby had her 15 minutes of fame. She was on Dr. Phil and then it was a viral video and then it was gone. No, she's got some platform. She's got 11.3 million followers on Instagram. 11.3 million. Million followers on Instagram. That's a lot of eyeballs. That's insane. That's That's what did it. Right, that's what did it. I mean, there's some viralness to it. They knew just signing her was going to be a story, so you get all this free publicity. Because guess what? Who talking about it? We talking. We about are it. talking about. Yeah, talking about it. When did we see it? We saw it all over Facebook. We saw it all over these places. So they they get all this for free. All right, guys. So here we are. This is uh, another little pullout section of. Social tune-up from the Climb podcast. And what happens here is, if you'd let me take a quick look at your social media, we're going to try to wrap this up in five minutes and just go down and tell you some of the things that are looking good and some of the things that you can improve on. You know, if you were my artist, this is what we would be doing with your social media. If you'd like that kind of feedback, send your links to info at daredevilproduction.com. Once again, production is singular. There is no S. In all capital letters in the subject line, please put social media tune-up so it gets into the right folder. And then I'm going to take some time here and every one of my episodes and we're going to go through everything. So, today we have Jay Stott. Um, his, he sent me links to his Twitter account, his Instagram account, and his Facebook account. And uh, so, Twitter is uh, twitter.com forward slash JGSTOTT. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash JGSTOTT. And Instagram slightly different. The link is uh, Instagram.com forward slash J-G-S-T-O-T-T music. J-G stop music. So, <clears throat> right off the bat, um, he's got... Uh, Twitter is definitely uh, Jay's uh, main, like, be- best platform. He's got 6,048 followers. Um, and just uh, a couple things. A couple things I liked about his Twitter account was he's definitely DJing a lot of information, Jay. So um, I would say that that would be a, a regular thing that I wish upon all that we we try to accomplish as much as we can. So maybe seventy five percent of your tweets should be retweets from something else. Like that's what I mean by DJing. You're out. You follow a few accounts that you like. You like the kind of content that they're uh, putting out, and, and it, it resonates with you, so you retweet it. And then 25% of your content, you want to be original custom content for you. Um, on that, 
I would say that a couple things here. So he's uh, hats off first of all to Jay for having a squeeze page. He's got a squeeze page that's set up. He's given away a free download in exchange for some information, and he's trying to make it happen like that. A uh, couple things that are wrong with this situation, though, that you can tweak, uh, Jay, that and you'll get a lot better conversion rate, brother. Number one, <clears throat> uh, you you you've got. Um, uh, on the squeeze page, you're like, here's a, you know, get a free download. You're not making it about them in your language. You just have to tweak your language on the what we call a call to action. When you want them to click something and download something, or if you want them to click something and go somewhere else, then you need to make it about them. So instead of saying, uh, you know, here's a free download, um, say, you put a little message in there. You know, like, wow, thanks so much for the love on Twitter. I can't believe we're over 6,000. I want you guys to have a free download. I want to do something for you now. Here's a free download of, of whatever, the uh, of my last single. And then put the link in there, okay? The next thing is, if you click on that link <clears throat> and you go to the squeeze page, um, you've got, your conversion rate is probably very low because you've got all those what I call the the big, mean, ugly white boxes. And people have to immediately go in right away and they're afraid to give you their email address. So what you want to do, if you go to um, giftfrommark.com, giftfromjohnny.com, giftfrombrent.com, giftfrombailey.com, giftfrommia.com, those are all squeeze pages of my artists or me or Brent. And you can see they all look pretty much the same. Like there's one button on there, it gets them to say yes first. Yes, I want to download that song. And um, and then the boxes pop up, and I would only have like really two boxes. I, I don't think that's the time to ask for too much information because this is a really sort of initial handshake. You don't know them that well. Mm-hmm. Um, in, instead of saying, you know, give me your email address, uh, just just tell them, hey, just tell us where to send it. You know, click this button and tell us where to send it. And that's you don't want to use the word email address because that turns people off like cancer or AIDS or something like that. You really want to, you know, get them to, to, to move forward and give you that information. Um, or, or Trump, judging yeah. by Jay's <laughs> turns feed, out too, is yeah. one of those words that turns him off. Just sharing. Anyway. Um, so the other part is like you have a, you, you have, you're trying to direct people to your YouTube channel with some of the covers. Love that you're doing covers. I think that's cool. But again, it's the language. Uh, I would eliminate the words check it out or check me out from your vocabulary forever. Okay? Because that is, it comes off as very narcissistic. Like, like why would I want to check you out? Why do I care? Like, it's about you. It's not about them. So you want to twist that around and, um, and, and do something a little bit different. So, the other aspect is the cover that I clicked on, the latest one that Jay, that you put up there, was a cover of a Steve Earle song. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. So that is not going to get you into growth. Like you can probably slay that cover. I didn't, I didn't look at the cover. I, I haven't listened to what you did. I'm sure you did a killer job on it. But there's, who's going to be, where's the traffic coming from? Who's going to be looking for that song? Uh, what you want to be doing is getting um, into the songs that are dropping on Friday and, and putting your version of that song on those new songs and, and working on that and trying to get it up on Friday, if not on Saturday, trying to be as quick as you can about that. And then you're going to get a bunch of people coming through that traffic and wanting to see it. So when you post the name of the song, it's going to be a video they haven't seen yet. They're going to be more compelled to, to jump over from Twitter, by the way. Okay. Um, on Instagram, 478 followers. I actually really like your Instagram feed, Jay. I think it looks pretty cool. It's definitely all about Colorado. He's a Colorado artist. Um, I th- and there's all kinds of like there's some Red Rock stuff in there there's tickets to go see Ed Sheeran you see a picture of that you see some pictures of his album covers different places that he plays <coughs> him with some of the instruments and stuff so I really like that I think you get some decent um, pictures on there I would definitely do more uh, calls to action on uh, Instagram so you may not be aware but in Instagram stories you can do a live video and put a link on there so you can tell people Hey man, I'm I'm you know I'm just getting into Instagram. This is so cool. I, I'm I'm just so grateful to be here. I, I'm so grateful to make your acquaintance. I want to do something cool for you. So here is a free download of my song, and you can actually put that link in there. Where normally you could only put it in the bio on Instagram, you can now put it on your stories, and they can jump right through. So that might be a, a way that you can build that up. And I can see what you're doing, by the way, for your growth on Twitter. He's you know Jay is definitely. Uh, if you guys look at that, you can see that he's following uh, just a few, maybe a thousand accounts less than what is following him back. So I can tell that he's he's aggressively out following people to get them to follow him back, which is which is what we do here at Daredevil. It's we're we're, we're loving them first. We're shaking hands with them first, and um, you that same exact formula works on Instagram. So that's killer. Um, and then uh, on Facebook was actually where I discovered that you did the Steve Earle cover. So my comments there, I mean, Facebook actually looks pretty decent to me. But I think on, um, and you're smart, I see that you're putting the YouTube link on Facebook as opposed to like a live video, which they're going to shut you down if you do that because they don't have the back end to make sure that the writers are getting paid for the performance. So you always want to put a, a link to your YouTube channel on uh, Facebook. But again, like you just need to choose videos that are going to have a bunch of people looking for those videos. Otherwise, the only people that you're servicing with uh, like a Steve Earle cover are going to be the people that already are 
subscribe to your YouTube account, the people that are already on your social media, that are already aware of you. Now, that can be a good strategy in the... Um, as far as consistency, because you've got to be consistent with it. Um, so if there's a day, if there's a Friday when you just can't make it happen or you're traveling and you have like, let's say, three or four covers like Steve Earle stacked up, already done in YouTube that are just unlisted so nobody can see them except for you. And then when you have that time when you just can't get that new one done, maybe you're sick or something, who knows, that's when you just make one of those public you put that out. That's not a video that's going to get you into growth, but it is a video that is going to keep it consistent and keep them coming back for more. Because I'm sure you're doing a great job at that, but nobody nobody's going to find it. That's that you know, mm-hmm. except for the people that are already aware of it. So there you go. That's my social tune-up for this for this uh, for Jay Stott. So thanks, Jay, for sending that in. And back to the show. And guess what? Okay, so let's go back to the old music business for a second. Um, if you go and dig on YouTube, you can find interviews with the manager from Alice Cooper. And, uh-huh. and Al, I, think, I, I think maybe it was Alice Cooper that was talking about him and his manager. He goes, we would just sit around and before I got clean and we'd just get loaded and try to think up ways to piss off American, the middle American parents. Because we knew if we did that, that mm-hmm. the, the record would sell. Right. Yeah. So they're t- here. That's is we're talking like 1973, and mm-hmm. they're doing the same thing. Like they can, like they can piss people off enough that everybody's going to be talking about it, and you know the news is going to do a story about it maybe because it's a light mm-hmm. news day, and a couple of markets you're going to get this and that. And next thing you know, you know, you're, or Ozzy Osbourne, same thing. It. it, mm-hmm. it so this is like I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I you know. I bet a month's pay that they're sitting around that boardroom in Atlanta going, we're going to get a lot of heat just from, <laughs> just from signing. Oh yeah. This. Yeah. And, and the story I saw was that, you know, the singles and stuff that just dropping, people aren't buying it, but they're streaming it. Yeah. A lot. And, and the streaming deals for artists are better than they are for songwriters. So they're getting a better cut of that pie to my understanding. So it, it, it actually kind of matters. And they go, okay, so basically that kind of shows me it's a train wreck. People are going to spend money on it, but they're going to go look and check it out. I mean, I click because, like, I want to hear what this is. And so, it's, you know, the the stories had some YouTube links, so I turned it on and said, okay, what is this? Okay, yeah, next. But well, you get enough people doing that streaming, you got some cash coming in. Yeah. And so, and then, again, her promoted to 11 million people. Those eyeballs are going to go, what is this going to sound like? The money's the same whether they tune in because what is this going to sound like as it is, I can't wait for this. This is going to change my life. Spotify don't care. Spotify pays the same either way. I mean, at 11 million people, 10% is 1.1 million. 1% is 110,000. Mm-hmm. So if you sold 1% of those people a t-shirt... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's like that for for because I'm, I'm thinking like that girl's probably I hope she's from like like some ghetto or I hope she's not like a, she's like middle American talking like that she sounds uh-huh. she doesn't sound good you know she didn't shouldn't I don't I don't here's the point it's not about it's going to be life changing amount of money man for her like whatever she's selling it's not going to matter but because she has an audience right. Mm-hmm. It's about the audience, and we're all pissed off because you think like that. Um, you know, you've worked hard. You feel like you've worked hard enough that you should be getting that deal. And it's not about the art because there's plenty of artists that you don't like. There's plenty of genres that that you don't ever listen to. 
because mm-hmm. you're not interested in them. You know, I, I was you and I were talking before the show, Brent. I mean, I, I spent exactly 30 seconds of my life on one episode of uh, Jersey Shore and was like, I, I, you know, I felt dumber from, from watching. <laughs> I felt stupider. I thought if I didn't pull out, like I was going to lose everything, you know? Right. And um, the, uh, so, you know, there's all kinds of crap like that that makes a lot of money that catches a lot of eyeballs, but it doesn't mean you got to like it. So it's right. not like you're being forced to listen to it or whatever. Would you really, let's just talk, get down to brass tacks. What you're really pissed off about is that you think you deserve that deal. And mm-hmm. I'm asking you this question. What are you focusing on? You know, I even spend your whole life learning how to sing and write songs and be a better performer and stuff like that. I get that. But you're not going to get a shot unless you learn how to market, unless you learn how to get a bigger audience. Period. End of story. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is the way it's always been. Um, and the good news is... is there aren't any more excuses. I mean, to me, like it's, it was kind of funny, Brent, watching people freak out about the Atlantic Records deal because I'm like, anybody that would be given an Atlantic Records deal right now, most people, it's going it's to be a curse for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like if Atlantic Records gives you the deal and you don't have the audience, like you're a record deal and $2.51 going to get you a venti cup of coffee at Starbucks. Oh, you think you're upset. You know, someone that says, I deserve that deal. Try being the person that signed at Atlantic previous to Bad Baby yeah. and didn't have an audience. If they could say this oh, person existed that signed. That. <laughs> and, you know, and they're like, all right, I finally got my deal. I've been gigging around L.A. and I've known people and it's awesome. I'm, here's, I'm about to turn my record in. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we're going to get this Bad Baby thing out now while people are still their heads are exploding. And they're like, I, I, I've been practicing guitar for 20 years. Yeah, so your stuff, gonna wait. I make people cry when I sing. Yeah, well, that's nice. But no one, you know, really, there's no big hurry because no one knows who you are right now anyway. This! And here's what's gonna happen. You know what? You're still gonna be able to make people cry tomorrow. Any time now, so we gotta get her out before she die. Yeah, and you're still gonna be able to make people cry tomorrow. So exactly. you can wait a little longer, but this is gonna happen. You know, I, that's exactly how they spun that. Like, yeah, she's a total idiot. Don't worry about it. Like, you know what? We're going to make a bunch of money off this. All these resources have to go over here. It'll be next year, though. We're going to bring you out. It's going to be fine until some other bad baby comes along. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing, because odds are she's not going to have a career. Or maybe she will. Whatever. And that, that that's all besides the point. thing is, she's getting a shot. Now, the difference, hopefully, for you will be you will build that that platform, and you will also build your talent, your work ethic, your business sense, right? Yeah. And so, therefore, your talent gets you or your your plat. Your, of course, your talent is going to help you build your platform because you're probably not going to build it off a Dr. Phil appearance where you're acting like a fool. So, you're going to build it on a good. You know, you're going to get your platform and you have your talent and actually being able to go out there and work and do shows and entertain people. That's going to keep you going. That's right. You know, that platform helps you get that opportunity to knock on that big door, that label, if you want to. It's a talent, the hard work you're putting in that's going to keep you to sustain a career. Yeah. And look, I mean, a couple of things here I want to point out is, you know, first of all, is that some people get really lucky, you know, and obviously for you to build up any kind of an audience that's going to be sexy enough for a label to look at you, it's not going to happen with one TV appearance. Yeah. Um, it's going to take you a lot more work to do that. But on the other hand, I mean, every day she has to wake up and be her. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the curse, man. Like, <laughs> like, you know, and, and just like, 
I, I think the average amount of time for any lottery winner, no matter how big the the take is to to blow everything, is about a good two years. Mm. Yeah, most of them end up in bankruptcy and because they don't know how to deal with money. That's why they don't have money to begin with. Right. You know, it's it's and, it's and they got their break, they got their cash, and then they still screwed the pooch. But now it's you know times millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions. Like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're fixing zeros on the end of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're making the same mistakes. They saw a lot more costly mistakes, and it doesn't take long before it's all gone. So that's probably what's going to happen with her, right? She doesn't know how to be an artist. She doesn't know how to play that whole game. When the when the when everybody's seen the train wreck and we're sick of it, I don't think there's going to be enough substance there to keep anybody interested um but it it doesn't matter the point is is that if 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 the way that you feel about that art and the fact that she was able to get a bunch of backing and a bunch of big people behind her should be encouraging to you like just go there's the code go and get the audience like it's not going to be one tv appearance for you you're going to have to systematically and in, 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 and intentionally work to make it happen. But you've got to focus on the crowd. Like, I just had a, a Facebook exchange with a talented young lady, and um, doesn't get it. It wasn't in the client community, I know that. Yep, that wasn't there, no. Right. <laughs> uh, but this is before I went to jail. <laughs> okay. um, but... Uh, it was like a, yesterday, I think. And I was just like, hey, you know, the, I just introduced her to the climb. I'm like, there might be some good ideas here. I hope you find some stuff that can help you out, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, thank you, but I'm not even going to think about marketing until I got, I got to find some people to write some songs with and get this CD done. Mm-hmm. So already, like three, four yeah. cardinal sins, you know, um, like she's, you know, how much money she's going to spend on that record. Um, she's not even going to think about marketing because she thinks she's marketing the music. If you think that you have to wait to market until you get your record done to market the music, then that presupposes that what you're marketing is the music and that's where you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not so what are you music. marketing? You, the artist. Mm-hmm. You're marketing your story, right? You're marketing your story and you need to be collecting contact data. You need to be uh, figuring out how can you get that story and you need to know what the power of a story is. Start researching story branding. There's all kinds of stuff online that's free that you can find and, and there's a couple things that aren't free that for you know a couple bucks, like literally two, three dollars for a used book, mm-hmm. you can begin to see what I see and see what I'm talking about. Like, this is what makes it interesting, right? The story. And that's, that's what's happening on that. Well, isn't that what they sold on Dr. Phil? She's got some story. She's an out of control kid with a mom who looks like your normal Midwestern housewife. That's like, I'm just trying to, yeah, at her wit's end. I don't know what to do, Dr. Phil. And, and that relates to a lot of people who've got out of control kids. That relates to people with kids that aren't out of control. They just feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by their kids, you know? Uh, Yeah. I know you don't know anything about that, Brent, but. Not at uh, all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) But, but, but you, do you see how the story connected with people? And then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, certainly mothers and fathers are going to connect to that to a certain degree because they think their kids are unruly. And, and all of us get unruly at the teenage years, right? Mm-hmm. There's a whole eight to ten year stretch where you think your parents are idiots and then you start to realize, in, you know, in your early 20s again how smart they are. Um, and certainly the kids who feel disenfranchised by their parents, you know, maybe they don't agree with exactly the way she talks. Maybe they absolutely connected the way that she talks and communicates you know mm-hmm. um but the whole 
it's so it's just all slang like it's i mean cash me outside how about now how about that you know like it's like if if you don't read it right (laughs) it sounds like gibberish you know but um i mean the point is she's relating to a lot of different people on a lot of different levels with that Mm -hmm. story that's why it went viral you know, yeah. and, and it's also it was compelling. Yeah, it was compelling in 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 this sense. Repelling, maybe repelling, repelling but either way, it's compelling. No, compelling because, yeah, maybe because it's so repelling, right? I don't right. Know, like if that's whatever awesome. it is, it doesn't matter. It's eyeballs. But you, I mean, but, it does matter in the grand scheme of things. But the label didn't care. Here's another truth bomb I want to drop on you. They didn't spend a million dollars to create that brand name, did they? No, they did not. Oh, what? Johnny, we can't get to where we want to go because we don't have any money. Okay. <laughs> From the looks of it, I don't think she does either. Right. <laughs> um, I honestly thought when I first saw that that I wondered if it was like a shtick. You mm-hmm. know, a la like my friends that were on Jerry Springer, like if this was a hustle. But she's 14. Yeah. Like, I... I mean, if she's fourteen, she's the, and that's an act. That's the she's. Then she needs to be in the movies. Like, yeah, slow, slow clap. Path. That's genius, right? Okay, I'm on board. You're awesome. Wouldn't be the first time that's happened, by the way. Uh, <laughs> when we were signed to uh, Warner Brothers, there was this band called LSD, Life, Sex, and Death. That was, by the way, killer <laughs> band. But the whole shtick was that the lead singer, his name was Stanley, was um, homeless. He's a homeless guy. And he looked mm-hmm. like a homeless guy, and he he was all weird and quirky the way he would move and stuff like that. So if you like yeah. go look at if you go look on YouTube and look up some of those videos, that that's a, like an alternative rock record. That's one of my favorite records. Like it's amazing. Like I love it. But mm-hmm. he's really out there, man. And he would stink. Like he wouldn't take showers. Like he was like this amazing meth meth, meth- <laughs> What do they call it? The method acting. acting. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out he's like an like a upper middle class borderline rich kid from the Gold Coast in Chicago. The whole time, like it was a hustle, and and uh, and Warner Brothers didn't find that out until they signed the deal. You know what I mean? But it, it was it was. Uh, but the record's like really good. If you want, to, if you haven't heard of this band, it's a great record to listen to. But um, but so they, they, I mean that has that has happened before, you know. But but labels now, guys. Here's the deal. I believe in my heart that Bad Baby, and her real name is um, Danielle uh, Bergoli, uh, I, I believe that she wouldn't have been signed back in the day because they were looking for nuggets of talent that they could develop into an artist and make money and hopefully do business with, right? Because sometimes that talent got unruly and went into this sort of, you know, childhood development state where they're... <laughs> you know, grown ass adults and they act like they're four, you know, like mm-hmm. a la a la spinal tap, you know, look, he's in mm-hmm. here, it keeps folding. It look there's no one. Like I like how am I supposed to you know, they're right, having a meltdown yeah. about the about the, the catering in the back, you know. Um but um I, I don't think that she would she I don't think she's a player. I, I don't think she's an operator. I don't think that um that I, I, I believe in my heart that she's generally that stupid. Like uh, and clearly unaware of or uh, of any kind. She's not receiving any information, right? She's just doing her thing and she doesn't care, whatever. And sometimes we like that in our artists, but so, but that's going to get her into trouble, you know? Um, 
I don't. Uh, I don't think she has enough talent to outweigh the lack of intelligence there. But, but labels have to play the long game in the old days of the music business, and they set up systems for scouting and cultivating artists because it was really expensive for an artist to do it back in the day. But now it's not. It costs money. It's not free. Okay. And, and your job that you're working at right now that you're trying to get out of so that you can become a, a full-time artist is not free. You think you're making money from that job, but you're spending 40 hours a week or more at that job that you're trading for, for that. And believe me, time's ticking away, you know? So um, you just have to understand that, um, th- that uh, you know, labels had a reliable marketing pipeline, radio, music, television networks, all the genres, magazines with circulation to expose these artists. These are the things that really broke an artist and and, and got them in front of new eyeballs and started to create an audience for that specific artist. But all those systems are broken now. And Uh the best system to work on is social media, which you have on your phone now. It's free. You're listening to this podcast on a podcast player on your smartphone. And um, it's this. it's not... Easy. If it was easy, everybody would be a rock star. But it doesn't take a million dollars, and it doesn't. Uh, it just you need to be smarter than the average bear. You got to focus on what's important. And what's important is the marketing. That's all I got to say about go. that. So anyway, um, hey guys, uh, join the climb community. Um, believe me, I'll be back at some point. They can't keep me. They can't keep me in. I won't go. I won't go back to jail. Nobody puts Johnny in a corner. <laughs> Nobody puts Johnny in a corner. That's right. Um, and uh, leave a rating and review. If you like it, what you hear, please share it. it. It'll make you cool. If you leave a rating and review, we'll make you famous. And um, if you need a little push over the edge, if you need some direction on how would I go about beginning to think about assembling this system that I'm going to need to market me instead of my music, the, the music comes second, the artist comes first, uh, that can be a little daunting. Hey, give us a call when you're feeling enough pain. Uh, you know, we, we can set up a schedule a one-on-one consulting session. Uh, you can reach out on my email at info at daredevilproduction.com. Once again, production is singular. There is no S. And um, we'll schedule a call. We, we do charge for that, but it's very reasonable. And the amount of information that you're going to get is going to turn your whole world around. So, uh, you know, anybody that's done it, I promise you it's going to be worth it. So uh, with that, guys, listen, it's, it's about the audience. That's the leverage that you're going to bring to the table. One of the reasons we created this podcast, and we want you to keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.